0: We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction.
1: Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. We got company. Hang on. Uh. folks welcome back to week two of the daily destroyer the dfs show of the dynasty Warzone network i'm your host tyler at f tylero and joined as always by my co-host lou at lou dog sports real quick let's, let's recap how week one went for us uh lou i'll kick it over to you
0: yeah i mean week one was as we expected um uh pretty straightforward and i think a lot of people's weeks, especially mine, came down to um, the, this late news with Trey Sermon uh, being a scratch, and if you were going to go and play Mostert or not, basically. So I switched my lineup and went with the Mostert one. Um, you know, there's a couple, couple different things you could have done. So originally, I was doing the strategy of all three, like high priced running backs. And then three cheap wide receivers. So then when the mostert news comes out, comes out, and he's only fifty eight hundred, and seemed like you know great matchup against the Lions, and um, obviously like he was expected to get most of the work, right? So to me, it seemed like I could go to mostert and then take Calvin Ridley, so pay up in one of the wide receiver spots. And then I'm not playing three rookie wide receivers in the first NFL game. So um, I think the process of me switching, sometimes it's, it's going to work out, um, but you know this time it just ended up not working out. He got hurt, and that it's better than he played the full game, had 15 carries for 45 yards. I think in this sense I can come out of it saying I had the correct process.
1: Things went a little better for me. I did not uh, shift into Mostert. Uh, I think what what got me is I was actually on my way to the Lions game. So I didn't really have time to shift all my lineup. So I was able to keep those big three running backs. We talked about CMC, Joe Mixon, and Kamara. Um, They were all great plays. And then at the same time, fading pits in Callaway. Some of the chalk on the week. We talked about that on the podcast. That was something that also paid as well. So I had a much better week because I decided to not play Mostert. Was able to actually cash 100% of my head to heads. So things were good in week one. We hope to carry that momentum into week two here. So let's let's dive into it man it, it is week 2 let's start with the quarterback position i think the first thing i really want to talk about here is what's going to be again there's always like a game that's going to be like the the theme of, of which we talk about and that's going to be the um the Cowboys and the Chargers. Um, two of the higher-owned quarterbacks on the slate are likely going to be Justin Herbert at 6,700 and Dak Prescott at 6,800. This game has a 55 and a half. Last time I looked, over under like that's, that's insane points here to be had. This is a pretty juicy matchup. Um, let's let's kick it off There's those quarterbacks. Your interest in Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott?
0: Right now, uh, Herbert is the guy that I expect to play. 6,700, he is, I mean, for a young quarterback, he's as much of a, uh, I I mean, in this specific game, I don't want to say it's like a lock, but it's a pretty high likelihood that he throws for over 300 yards and gets that bonus. That's his over 100, Um, it's
1: 300 and a half right now.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it. Whenever you see a line like that, you expect it even more. And you know, last week he had 337 passing yards and only one touchdown. So, um, you know, if if he ends up getting 300 yards, three touchdowns, he's likely getting at, you know at least 25 points for fantasy wise. So um, he seems pretty safe. The the downside risk of someone like Herbert is that he doesn't really run the ball at all. So if he's not going to be running, then that's where his upside is is a little lower than maybe Dak's is in that same game. But um, the thing with Dak is, as we know, Zeke could get goal line carries and, and get all the touchdowns in any given week. So I think it's it's more likely that he gets sort of vultured in that in that sense, where if anything happens by the goal line, it could end up being Zeke.
1: Yeah. And I like Herbert as well. I mean, it, there's no surprise that he's um, projected to be one of the highest owned quarterbacks on the slate. I mean, you look at last week, he he was like, first of all, let's talk about the offensive line of the chargers. Like they invested a lot in the, that offensive line to make it better this season to protect Herbert, to protect their franchise quarterback. And they played the Washington football team week one, Uh pretty damn good defense. I know it wasn't great last night on Thursday, but like still a damn good defense. They weren't really able to get much pressure on Herbert. And now they're playing the Cowboys, who are down their two top pass rushers. We just saw um, one of them go down with a broken foot; the other is on the COVID list. Like, there's going to be almost no pass rush generated by the Cowboys in this game, and I expect Herbert to be able to sit back there and sling the ball all he wants. And if the the Cowboys are scoring points, which they prove they could do against a very good defense, um, you know, there's there's no surprise. There's the 55 point over under, and Herbert seems to be one of the smash plays in, in cash. Like, it, it seems like uh, you know, I would lean Herbert's way. I think Dak's also a fine play. But at the same yeah. time, um, you know, Herbert seems to be the guy as of right now. Um, let's talk about a couple of the other uh, more expensive plays on the slate, just if you're interested. You know, obviously, Kyler is going to be insanely priced at 82, you know, rightfully so in some regards because he does have the rushing upside. Uh, we do have. Um, Josh Allen, who I think is due for a bounce back week. I, you know, I think he, he's one of those plays where he played the Steelers defense, things didn't go well, but we know that's prolific passing offense. And at 7,200, and especially if you're rushing in like a touchdown, like that is a great price as well. And then Tom Brady, uh, absolutely lit it up at 6,900 playing the Falcons, who, you know, the Eagles could be decent, but at the end of the day, I think the Falcons are just absolutely horrible. So thoughts on Kyler, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady, some of those higher price quarterbacks? Okay,
0: yeah, I think. When it comes to um, someone like Kyler, like now he's eighty two hundred. Last week, yeah, you know, I, I talked about him as he was in my consideration, um, but he's oddly enough he's become more of these more of these uh, like finish efficiency uh, quarterbacks. Where last week he scored a lot of points, but that's because he ran a touchdown in and threw for four. So he only threw the ball thirty two times last game versus a Josh Allen, he threw it 50 times and it, it's interesting that you you worded it as a um, bounce back for Josh Allen and I think that's more of just the fact that they lost the game yep, versus yep. I mean he he still completed 30 passes when Kyler only threw 32 passes but you know it, it's a game of fantasy where it really comes out to touchdowns but you know we saw Josh Allen still have 40 rushing yards um, unfortunately, he had the fumble in there, so that takes some points away. But he's still at 18 points. His floor is one of the best. So I think um, Josh Allen is, is a great play off of that Dallas-LA game. Uh, and then Brady, yeah, like you said, it, it's a great matchup. You know they're going to be passing the ball. Um, he hit 32 fancy points last week, and it's a team that I mean, whenever Tom Brady is in the league, you know he's going to be a focal point of an offense. Um, and also, I and mean, we might come to it in the running backs, but um, they're planning on starting Rojo more uh, and playing him this week. <laughs> so um, we'll see. We'll to see. me, I, I don't necessarily think that means they're going to run it more often. Um, but we've seen it in the past where, like, when Rojo's in there he becomes somewhat of like a, a dump-off guy for Brady. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think of those guys, Josh Allen's probably the only one that I'd be playing this week. But it's mostly because if I'm going to come off of those other guys, why not just spend $300 more to to pick up uh, Josh Allen versus Brady?
1: Yeah, and and Fournette was a dump-off guy guy last in in week one. I mean, I I can't remember if he had seven catches or seven targets, but either way, he was a dump-off guy. But I agree with you in the fact that for just $300, going Allen over Brady is definitely the way to go. Um, One last guy that I want to bring up before I turn it over to you to maybe go cheaper at quarterback is is Jalen Hurts. I mean, 6,500 is still relatively cheap. Uh, We know he's going to rush the ball a decent amount, and the 49ers defense was not looking particularly strong. I mean, the Lions – hung a, a, a lot of points. I mean, some of it was garbage time, but at the same time, like garbage time still counts just as much as, as, as you know, regular time. So, you know, at 6,500, is there any thought in going back to that Jalen hurts? Well, cause I know that's where I went yeah. to be one and it paid off.
0: I don't think taking hurts is really it, like, if you need that $200 um, I don't think it's falling that far off from Herbert. Um, like you said, I think, I think the Hurts line for rushing is upper 40s right now. And so um, you consider he has pretty much a floor of, of five points just from running. And then, you know, probably at least 200 passing yards around there. So, I mean, if he gets one touchdown, all of a sudden, like he, it's so easy for him to reach 18 points just because of how he plays the game. Um, and I think it's more of a tournament play because of the matchup. Mm-hmm. But, Hopefully that matchup scares some people off um, because you know, they get touted as oh well they're, they're facing San Francisco so it's a harder matchup and uh, in in a way it'd be it'd be cool if he had a lower scoring game because then his price won't be seven k next week but um, I actually kind of like Stafford right there too um, I think sure. there's gonna be way less people playing him and he showed last week I mean. He had a ridiculous stat line. If you look at it, like very efficient twenty for mm-hmm. twenty of twenty six hundred yards and, and three touchdowns. But I mean, it's I know you're a Stafford guy too, but uh, like he's just the fit there, is he not? Like it seems like he's he's
1: yeah, it's perfect. Potentially going to settle in and, and LA
0: here and have a great season.
1: Things are absolutely great. Um, I love to see Stafford succeed. I, I am rooting for the guy. Um, wholeheartedly. Um, any any other cheap quarterbacks that you're looking at, or are we really just looking at these more of like top end guys going into week two?
0: No, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough. I think someone like a Jill Burrow is somewhat interesting, uh, just because if if you want to go cheap quarterback under six k, he seems like one that any given week um, could end up uh, with that three hundred yard bonus and a few touchdowns, especially since we saw. Last week with uh, Mark chase, it seems like they're already have a little bit of that connection back. So um, he's probably if I was going to go cheap the way that I would go.
1: All right. Give me your top three quarterbacks of the week, Lou.
0: For me, it's going to be just Herbert, Allen, and then I'll say Stafford instead of deck just to be different.
1: I like it. I absolutely like it. Let's move along to the running back position. Uh, la- last week we decided that we were going to be playing some of the the, the guys at the top. Ended up being good. I know you your most sure to switch, but I think our, our process was right early on, Lou, in terms of uh, you know getting some of those those higher and not the highest end guy, but some of the higher end guys in there. Um, it, let's 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 start there. Um, at the top, Christian McCaffrey, uh, almost 10k. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 91, and Elvin Kamara at 88. Um, are, you, are you trying to play two of these guys one of these guys is one stick out to you is the clear best play of the three um you know what's your thoughts here
0: it's a little yeah it's a little different this week and i think some of that has to do with um the value at wide receiver is different than last week um in in a cash build i think you either do one of these guys or none uh there's just a lot more value in the mid range at running back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think of these three, I probably like Kamara the most uh, partially due to the 1100 uh, gap in price, because we know they pretty much have similar ceilings, Kamara and McCaffrey. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they both have great floors. So uh, what we saw last week with, with, cmc obviously he didn't hit the 100 yard bonus didn't score either running running yeah running and receiving he didn't get either bonus no any touchdowns X, and he still had 28 fantasy points yeah, and nice. so that that's just something that no other running back does um i mean kamara ran 20 times and he had three catches so it it could have easily been a much bigger game for Kamara. He only had eight receiving yards. He could have had 50 receiving yards. And then all of a sudden he we're talking about, he had 25 fantasy points, you know? So, um, the, the difference here is just that CMC is basically locked in for 25 plus touches in a given uh, week. And I think Kamara's ceiling on, on touches is a little lower, but his efficiency can be pretty high. We've seen it in the past. Um, so, and, and you save some money. I mean,
1: you, you save $1100, which is also, you know, a, a decent amount of cash to save. Yeah.
0: Right. And that, that's the big thing for me is it, it wouldn't surprise me if one had 30 points and had 26 points and in that case you just whoever's cheaper is, is better at that point. So, um, those are between them and I'm not that interested in Dalvin this week. I mean, he did have seven targets uh with the six catches last week, but um I don't know, 9,100 for Dalvin at that point. I still feel more confident that Kamara is going to get that sort of receiving game. And maybe it was just based on the game flow last week that that Dalvin had more. But he is in a matchup against Cardinals. So um, it could be a little more up in pace, which could lead to um, another game like that for Dalvin. But uh, yeah, I, I still think I said Kamara.
1: Let's drop down to that that 6K range and specifically the, the cheaper side of 6K. I think there's three guys I, I want to really talk about because I think they're going to be the highest owned running backs in the slate. Um, that's going to be Najee Harris at 6,300, Chris Carson at 61, and Ezekiel Elliott at 62. You know, the, the idea behind Najee Harris is going to be the fact that he got 100% of the RB snaps. Like, that's huge. Like, when we talk about like finding a good cash player running back, it's like well, they need to see snaps, they need to see volume. And yes, um, you know, I think the Bills defense is pretty good, but. The Raiders aren't that great. I mean, they're better than I thought they were, to be completely honest. But you're getting a running back who's getting 100% of the snaps, 6-300. Like, that is a beautiful thing, especially because we know he can be a threat in the pass game. Chris Carson, Penny's out. Um, you know, this could easily be a game where they, they could run the ball successfully, 6-100. Chris Carson getting 75% of the workload is something I could easily. 70-75% of the workload could easily happen for Chris Carson in this one. And Ezekiel Elliott you know, he definitely face planted uh, in week one, but like the usage was there. And I think what the one thing that sticks out to me the most about Ezekiel Elliott was, you know, he was pass blocking. Yes, but he was still the running back in 30 long situations. He was still the running back in the two minute drills. He was on the field and you can argue, yeah, maybe that was because he was in there pass blocking, but at the same time, like he's in there. That's something that we like to see. Like people like, oh, Pollard caught a bunch of balls. Yeah, he did, but they were like more so designed. Ezekiel is the running back still in third and long situations and in two minute scenarios. So like we got to think something's going to happen and he's got something around like 82% of the snaps or something like that. Like he, he was, he was an absolute workhorse in that one uh, in terms of snaps, not, not actual carry. So, right. you know, we're talking about three guys who profile for a lot of work and are in that 6k range and are a lot cheaper than those three we talked about. So out of Najee Harris, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, do, do you like all three? Do you like one, two, one interested the most? Talk to me.
0: I don't I, I still don't have much interest in Zeke. I mean even even if he's in there more often, he still only touched the ball 13 times and was very inefficient with those touches. Um, so he interests me less, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm more interested in the passing attacks in that game. Fair. Um so of the three, like he, he's probably my lowest. I think the one I am most confident in is Chris Carson. We've seen it in the past with the Seahawks, where um, especially if Penny's not going to be there, um, the likelihood that Chris Carson could easily come out of this game with with twenty five carries, especially if they get an early lead. Uh, he had sixteen last week, but it, he had the three targets as well. So um, they're
1: almost a touchdown favorite. I mean, the Seahawks being a touchdown favorite helps a lot in that scenario to to kind of lend to that thought.
0: Yeah, and and we saw last week. Tennessee, I mean, wasn't a great start to the season for Tennessee. It was, it was bad, man. It was a bad <laughs> so, start to the season. I yeah, mean,
1: you have to sugarcoat that.
0: Maybe, maybe Tennessee's defense is just taking a step back because um, I think going into the season, I, I picked them up on a, a couple season long leagues, and um, obviously, like, maybe I'll notice it a little more because of that, but um, it, it seemed like they're not that great of a defense. And if Russell Russell cooks the beginning of this game and they get out to say a two touchdown league, uh, we know the Seahawks are very willing to turn to um, Chris Carson and just feed him the ball a bunch. And he was, he had um, 5.7 yards per carry last week. So mm-hmm. um, he, he's been pretty good so far. And it seems like a game where he's going to have the opportunity to have that uh, big upside. If he gets a touchdown or two in this game, it's an easy 25 points, I think, from him. And then with Najee, I'm still a, a somewhat Skeptical. concerned. Skeptical. Um, but fair. that's just because of just the output, I think. Um, but we know with the Steelers and Big Ben, uh, they could easily throw... 50 times in a given game. So, um, what's nice about it is like you said, he's in on every play. And because of that, if they are passing the the likelihood that they dump the ball off to him Mm -hmm. is still there. So, um, yeah, he only had six fantasy points last week, but we know he's out there all the time. And this is the type of matchup, uh, at home against the Raiders Raiders coming off of, uh, the short week. Um, So I like Najee as well, Um, and I think that's the order I would go. Carson, Najee, and then uh, Zeke.
1: And then the last guy that I want to mention before I I turn it over to you is a guy that I've been – I don't know if on the fence is the right word, but someone I've been really flirting with getting in those lineups. That's going to be Nick Chubb this week. I mean, he he's coming in at seven eight hundred. You know, so, you know, obviously a bit of a, a, a you know saver off those top, but a bit more than those three guys we talked about. But they're they're playing the Houston Texans. Um, you know, it, it, they're not good. Um, and I think that they're they're quite a uh, resounding favorite. Like, forgive me, it's I mean, like kind of like they uh,
0: lead the league and wins. Houston Texans. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh my God. All right. So, so, so yeah, they're a 13 point favorite last week. We saw Chubb get 15 attempts. Yeah. Two catches, two targets. That's a nice little, you know, little pad there, but like, 18 to 20 attempts on the ground against this defense could be, you know, and, and when they're almost a two-touchdown favorite, could be an absolutely wonderful thing. Um, just, like, thinking about the game script that's going to happen, how good the Browns looked last week. Like, Chubb could be in a situation, again, to score another two touchdowns and get over 100 yards with a little bit, you know, through the air even, because they're going to be thrown to him a bit. So your thoughts, 7-800, Nick Chubb?
0: I think he's, he's okay. Uh, he's kind of in a little bit of a dead zone as far as uh, price. He's 500 above him, 500 below him. But I don't think too many people will be on Derek Henry this week in general. So um, it's kind of like if you're not taking one of the top three guys, this is where you would next go to. Um, So having Chubb in your lineup is already going to make you different, but where it makes you different is the construction uh, because you're going to be Either that fifteen hundred more than the range we just talked about, or a thousand less than the top range. So all of a sudden you are building a different lineup. Just open yourself up
1: to a lot of different.
0: So that's what's interesting with him, and, and as we saw last week, he had the two touchdowns. He could easily go for another two touchdowns in this game with over hundred yards, and I mean that's great. He's for seventy eight hundred. That's that's pretty solid, and this is one of those matchups that. Uh, you're even more confident in that he comes out of this game with either 100 yards or two touchdowns. But, I mean, we've seen it before with Nick Chubb. Like, Mm -hmm. Would it surprise you if he came out of this game with over 200 yards and two
1: touchdowns? No, no, it would not.
0: He does have that upside, especially in a game like this where they're heavy favorites. They're going to be one of the chalkier survivor pool uh, teams this week, I think, and they're at home. So they're going to want to control this game and likely get out to a lead early on and then just front it with Chubb, run it with uh, Kareem Hunt and and move on to the next game. Basically,
1: another guy who I, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to review but then I just saw the name like we got to talk about it. J- Josh Jacobs is out. Um, that's going to lead a lot of people to Kenyon Drake's way at forty nine hundred. You know he's probably going to be you know the lead back, and we know he's going to get a lot of pass work. We saw that last week. So it is Pittsburgh Steelers. Like that is a a pretty awful matchup in terms of of running backs go. But you know I I expect his his ownership to rise. I expect him to probably be the top five, top six owned uh, running backs on the week. Thoughts on Kenyon Drake?
0: I like him. I think he's okay. He's not like a screaming value. Um, We've seen what he can do when he's given the lead role. But even when he was playing in, say, um, Miami, he would have games where 15 carries for 45 yards. And he's not the type of running back that Josh Jacobs is, where um, close to the end zone they're going to be feeding him to try to get the touchdowns barreling through, you know? So, um, Barber, Peyton Barber. Yeah. I think, uh, he's more of a point per dollar kind of play where, Mm -hmm. because he's under five K and it allows you to likely either jam in one of these other big running backs or get, um, fill up on the, the good wide receivers that are on this slate. Um, so, that's where I think I have interest in him. I'm not sure if I'll go there and cash, but I, I definitely see it if, if you're willing to do that. Um, but I, I don't really know if there's anyone else in that range around him. Um, maybe, I don't know. I think, I think I'd rather have Drake than Rojo, but isn't Rojo kind of in the same scenario where now he has this, this lead back role and in a good game, as you mentioned earlier, um, Falcons I just don't trust it.
1: I just don't trust Rojo to get the touches, man. They benched him last time. man. that's my thing is I just don't trust him to get the touches. And I don't no. think he's going to be using the pass game. So uh, Roger, Chase Roger, Edmonds.
0: Ro- All right. Same, also, same price. So those three guys, I, I guess that's why I'm not that excited to play Drake, because either of those two other guys, I think, easily could come out of this game with more fantasy points than him.
1: Is there ownership too. Yeah is, is there a running back or two that we have not touched on that you you're very much interested in, or on the flip side of that, um, uh, very much fading.
0: I I've been hearing. Uh, do you have any interest in Damian Harris? Yes, against the I d- Jets.
1: I do have interest in Damian Harris against the Jets. Um, I, I talked about it last night. You know, I, one of my bolder calls was Damian Harris, 100 yards and a touchdown this week. Um, I think that the game sets up really well for the Patriots. to Control the line of scrimmage. I think if all goes well, they're they're really going to pound the rock uh, against the Jets. Like the game, you know, the the over not the over, but the line would, would would say that they're a bit of a favorite, so they'd be ahead and they could be running the ball. So I do have some interest in Damian Harris. It's just. You know, we're playing DK, it's full PPR, like, without, you know, that pass work, I don't know, guarantee, there's no such thing as a guarantee, but at the same time, like, we know they have James White, and James White's going to be that guy, um, you know, that they're going to be passing the ball to if they're down, it's not going to be Damian Harris. So I think it's a bit, little bit riskier of a play.
0: Um, on on the site, like, DraftKings, that yes. You know, yes, someone like Chase Edmonds, if they end up being – uh, behind in their game all of a sudden he makes up those points by getting mm-hmm. three four catches mm-hmm. so uh yeah. if damien harris comes we'll, out of this game yeah. with 98 rushing yards and no touchdown then all of a sudden he has less than 10 points
1: yeah i think if damien harris was a 4900 i would probably be a lot more interested than it than at 54 like i haven't really looked at and see exactly what that would save me but it's just i, I feel like the floor is just not there if things, you know, go sideways, we just haven't yep. seen enough. So I, I guess like I'm not, I, I like playing them in like your season long leagues, but there's just other running backs that I'm more interested in, in these uh, TFS lineups.
0: He's probably safe yet yeah, in, in season long where he's safer than the other guys we were just talking about.
1: Absolutely. You got, you know, for time's sake here, you got, you got one more running back that you need to get off your chest or are we good?
0: No, I'm set on running backs.
1: All right. Give, give me your four favorite running backs. Plays of the week uh, and just folks we are recording friday night just uh, just a reminder so as a friday night these are these are the favorite picks. so again things can change as, as news comes out but as a friday night your top four running back picks
0: i like uh carson harris uh naji Najee. Najee harris oh yeah sorry kamara kamara and then i actually like um for If you're going to do tournaments and trying to be different, if you want to take um, someone like Austin Eckler in that game, where um, a lot of people are going to be going with the Herbert and wide receiver stacking uh, of that game, I think Eckler is a way to be a little different. Maybe you have a DAC lineup with Eckler as the bring back instead of Herbert, Um in, like, Keenan Allen or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like Eckler in tournaments to be different. It um, seemed like he didn't get the same. He had zero targets last game, but... Yeah, that, that, I, I can't, mean, that can't last. That's not that going to yeah. yeah. So he could easily come in this game with, with 10 targets, and no one would be surprised. So I think uh he's an interesting tournament play.
1: Wide receivers shifting over here. So I, I, you know, I think again the theme of, theme of the show in some ways is let, let's talk about that that big game, the fifty five point, the, the Cowboys and the Chargers. Um, Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, uh, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams for reference. Amari Cooper is going to be sixty eight hundred. Lamb is sixty four hundred. Keenan Allen is seven, and Mike Williams, if you got it in front of you, I don't. am looking scrolling right now. Is going to Mike. be sixty one hundred. Mike Williams yeah. sixty one hundred. So. None of them are necessarily priced like ridiculously high. Um, you know, that's what I think is like the most interesting here is there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven wide receivers above all those names we mentioned. So I expect all of those wide receivers we just mentioned to be decently owned uh, going into this. Um, just talk about the, the, those set of, I don't know if elite wide receivers, throwing Mike Williams in there, but those four wide receivers in that game that we know people are going to be targeting. What's your interest there?
0: I think a lot of people are going to choose from this game and from uh, basically the list that you just said. Um, But when it comes down to it, the hardest decision this week might be, do you play Cooper or CD? And I think there's going to be people that play both. Um, I'm one of the people who think differently and would rather go Keenan- And one of the other two versus going with both. So um, I think, based on that um, and the fact that CD is cheaper, I'll probably lean with CD. Uh, We saw 15 targets from him last week. It's just like a ridiculous usage. Um, And
1: and and, and, and like the thing is like, and this game sets up to be even more pass heavy. So I mean, something
0: to be said. I mean, it it's such a condensed target tree right now 15 targets to cd lamb and 17 targets to a martin cooper um so they're both seeing ridiculous volume and um cheap. a game they're that cheap. we expect it to cheap. be yeah both under 7k which makes it i mean they we're seeing Devonte adams type usage uh, deandre hopkins fun digs and all of these guys are 1,000 um, yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, 15 to 1,000 less, exactly. So, um, I mean, just from that, that point of view, that's where I can see people just taking them both because they're both great values. But, um, I don't know, in my mind, it's, it's hard to see them both getting 15-plus targets every game. So I think there's going to be some sort of regression there. Um, on any given week, though, I think one of those two is... Always gonna get at least 10 targets, if that makes sense. Um, so it could be Cooper this week, it could be CD next week, but um, I think it's it's kind of a lock that one of them is going to be heavily targeted at least. So it's hard to pick wrong, in my opinion, between these two, because I think they're both pretty locked into a role that um in head to heads, if you have one and the other person has the other, then it could be the difference and it's just, you're playing a little uh, game of luck in that sense. But um, I'm, I personally think I would go CD with, with Keenan. Mike Williams is very interesting. Um, not for cash. I don't think, but um, very interesting for tournaments. Cause this seems to be a, a year that we're going to see. I'm expecting a good year out of Mike Williams. Um, Keenan. We just know one of the best uh, route runners in the league. And, he could easily come out of this game with, we've seen him have 20 targets in games before. <laughs> so Keenan, I think is, is way more locked into the uh, volume. Yeah. Yeah. He's safer volume, but I do think Mike Williams has that crazy upside because he gets the downfield targets that turn into 60 yard touchdowns. So um, I, I like Mike Williams in, in tournaments where maybe you go a lineup. That's a little different and you stack uh, Herbert with, with Mike Williams. And then, maybe bring it back with Zeke in that lineup um, in playing none of the pass catchers for Dallas. There's there's a lot of fun ways that you can be different um, this week because so many people are going to be playing um, anyone from that game that you want to try to find whoever's like lowest owned or the lowest owned combos in there. Um, That's where someone like Cedric Wilson is very interesting with um, Gallup out. So Cedric Wilson's thirty one hundred, and uh, if you go with with a build with him, then all of a sudden you can afford guys like Kamara, um, and it's it's a way to be slightly different in a game that most of the lineups are going to have CD and or Amari in it um, if they're stacking that game. So Cedric is an interesting way to be different, and you know maybe he gets a forty yard touchdown, and then for thirty one hundred. That's a already a great play.
1: And not, not to go off the rails here, but I like Jalen Guyton more than Cedric Wilson this week in terms of tournament plays. Probably you know, lower he, owned too. Yeah, he's, he's 3,100. Um, he's clearly the number three wide receiver on that team. Saw five targets last week. Um, he's, he's just like, what they have done in the past with Guyton is he pretty much just like runs... Straight lines down the field to like clear shit out, but I mean, at the same time, yeah. that could easily come open against the freaking Cowboys. So, um, not playing with cash, but I, I do think he's an interesting, like, pivot play in terms of like a guy that could easily catch a 50 yard bomb, uh, for Tuddy. tutty. So, let, let's just move along here, uh, for the sake of time. Um, and another guy I expect to be very highly owned, um, is going to be Cooper Cup. Um, he's coming in just at a, at a mere 6k. Um, saw 10 targets last week, turned into 108 yards and a touchdown the guy is the clear number one receiving option, at least just, you know, one week, one small sample size, of course. But, like, the one thing that I thought was most interesting is, like, in the, in the years past, um, if there was, like, one of these wide receivers between Cup and Woods that was, you know, for some reason not seeing as many snaps or routes run, like, it, it always had been Cup, and Woods has been the guy. But that completely switched. I mean, like, I think Van Jefferson uh, was out there more than, than Woods at one point in time. So, like, I mean, I'm not on Woods. I'm not trying to shit on Woods here at all. But, like, Cooper Cup at 6K, Uh, We talked about Stafford is is one of your quarterbacks that you like, you know, for that price at six K for being the number one uh, option for Stafford, there's gotta be some interest, uh, particularly if you do play Stafford.
0: Yeah. I I expect Cooper Cup to be the highest owned player on the slate um, because of the fact that you're choosing between CD or Amari. You're choosing between, Oh, do you go up to Keenan Allen or do you like take, cooper instead and and choose others but cooper cooper cup is cheaper than all of those other guys we were talking about in the other game except those three k ones but um the running backs you're making decisions in each of the upper and lower range by three different players so i think cooper cup just like stands out as kind of his own entity in a way Mm -hmm. so what is nice about that is a very easy pivot to make in tournaments is just big Cooper cup. Um, I'm not as excited to pay to play at Van Jefferson per se, no, but no, um, no, that's fair. That's fair. the nice part about Robert Woods, kind of what you're saying as well is um, last year, it seemed like Woods was getting more uh, touchdowns um, than in years past. And so, if he's a guy that is more likely to get touchdowns, but maybe less likely to get a hundred yard bonus, um, then we could see him get multiple touchdowns in this game. You know, Cooper cup only gets like if cup gets six catches for 80 yards, no touchdown, but uh, woods gets like five for 50 and a touchdown or two. Then all of a sudden um, you're hopping over all those uh, cup teams in tournaments and with $300, um, of your savings like isn't that much, but uh, just the, the ownership pivot alone, if you get 18 points from woods and everyone else is getting 15 from cup, you're already ahead of those other teams with similar builds likely.
1: And then um, to, you know, let's like, let's pivot down to, to the cheaper players, you know, before I, I give you an opportunity to kind of just talk about anybody, Um, you know, one person that I have heavy interest in getting in my lineups this week is going to be Emmanuel Sanders he's at 4K right now. Um, you know, I talked about like a bounce back game from, from the Bills, but like you know they're they're gonna be passing the ball. Like they even passed the ball in neutral games game scripts. Like this is a passing football team. Josh Allen is good. Uh, you know, the box score wasn't necessarily lit up with Emmanuel Sanders last week, but just to give you like some stats to talk about some of the peripherals that I like. Um, tied with Diggs, 93% snap rate. Clearly the the second wide receiver in that regard. 55 routes run. That was in the top five in the NFL in week one um eight targets we love to see eight targets out of a 4k wide receiver do we not Um, like 16% target share, also pretty solid. And then he had 149 air yards, uh, again, top 10 in week one. So, you know, things just didn't land for him. I think the matchup was just super tough considering Uh, matchup is not as tough this week. And, you know, if he's going to be that clear number two guy, again, the peripherals are looking nice with Emmanuel Sanders at 4K. I find that to be a really nice place to be able to, you know, save some cash and and put him in my lineup and and feel pretty safe with him, like at least 2X in his price.
0: And it's, for only six hundred more, you, you can get Cole Beasley as, as well, who has similar profile. Um, agreed, thirteen agreed, targets last week. Agreed, so it this this is a, just another reason why I like Josh Allen so much. Uh, because it, this is so similarly the same scenario as uh, the Cowboys have, where you have a solid quarterback who is likely to throw the ball a bunch. And you have multiple options, and in this case, you have two options less than five k. That really opens up the rest of your lineup. I mean, I, I'm not against going with one of these two with digs. All of a sudden, it's what uh, eleven seven hundred uh, to get digs with Sanders, and if instead you were going to go with the the Cooper with uh, CD, CD build, that's over thirteen k. So. I mean, you're, you're saving money by doing that, that different stack. So that's really what interests me on that build is it allows you to play digs and you're also doing the double stack um, that other people aren't doing. So that's one of my favorites. And you know, like you said, with Sanders, um, the only concern I have with him is, I mean... He's older. He like a little dusty. He has seemed that way in the last few years where he's just like a guy on the team where he'll probably have a few games here and there. Um, but overall, I don't know. I, I think I lean easily just from the, his, the way that they use him. And he's more likely to come out of this game with eight catches versus eight catches that maybe he like can do stuff with versus Sanders who might just get like eight catches for 50 yards or, or whatever. Um, so I think I lean Beasley between those two, but if you need the 600, that's easy enough to just go down to Sanders.
1: Another player I like somewhat cheap. Um, is going to be Jamar Chase at 5K. I mean, the Bears' like the Bears' relative weakness is going to be their secondary. I mean, we just saw Matthew Stafford put up week one's highest passer rating. Um, it's not great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Burrow is, is Stafford, but at the same time, like, the Bears' secondary did not look very good. Um, you know, Chase is a stud. Some people out there call him a generational prospect. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but, like, he, he's the real deal. Like, watching him in that game, like, he's the absolute real deal. Um, you know, it was it was seven targets, you know, not great, but for five K, seven targets, fine. But he caught five balls for hundred one yards and a touchdown. I mean, I, I think he he does have that upside, and I think there is a decent floor there as well with Chase. And you know, I think this is in my opinion, a, a bit egregious just because I really do like Jamar Chase and at five K I'm like that kind of talent at five K
0: I mean, just yeah. seems a little he's bit a off. rookie, so I think yeah. he's not an algorithm yet. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I, I think that this is
1: this is one of the most my opinion, like I could be my words here, but I think Miss it's price? one of the most mis, mispriced players on the slate with Jamar Chase at five k.
0: Yeah, he's um, another guy where uh, when I was saying before, you're I'm and gonna end up choosing between CD and Cooper, one of them, and then likely the other two wide receivers all I'm gonna go with is Bills and Chase, Chase and Cup.
1: Okay, okay, Cup, gotcha. All right, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, it depends on what the how much money I have if. If I can get a Keenan Allen, but um I I think I don't end up going down to Sanders because of Chase. You don't
1: need to because you, you don't necessarily need to like a thousand more. I would much rather have Chase than Sanders. So yeah. I, to- I, t- I totally get that, man.
0: One of my favorite stacks um when I've been building here is as I mentioned before, I could you could go with Burrow. Um you go Burrow, Chase, bring it back with with Allen Robinson. You have so much money. In that stack i mean that's Literally. that's 17k for a quarterback in the yeah, two si- letters robinson, yeah,
1: robinson 62
0: shit yeah alan robinson 62 into so i mean that is that's some sort of stack and, i think and, and,
1: and, and, saw, and, and Allen robinson saw 11 targets mind you last, last week i mean like granted like dalton blows but like what happens if like in the first quarter dalton blows and they put in fields and then all of a sudden, I mean, Allen Robinson blows up. doesn't even matter
0: how bad Dalton is. It, yeah, yeah that's what I'm we, saying.
1: You get 11 is, targets from Allen Robinson at 6,200.
0: You know what this game is?
1: Hit me. What is it?
0: Uh, Andy Dalton is facing his former team. Are we, is we the revenge Eagles. game? The, the, revenge uh, the, revenge, <laughs> the revenge is real in this game. This is a revenge game for Andy Dalton, if you believe in revenge narratives. I mean... This Dalton, but is this not an actual, like real life re- revenge game? This is like the
1: Yeah, we've we been on around. the Bengals for so we, long. We, yeah, they go and around. draft
0: Burrow, send him off. You know, like this this is the type of thing that like is actually thought of as a revenge game. Not just a random guy who like used to play on a team for a year. This is what like if you're gonna talk about a revenge game. So um, but yeah, we, we, I mean all we, jokes we, aside, like it, would it surprise you if Andy Dalton came back out in this game and like played like Andy Dalton of a few years ago where you know he could make Alan Robinson have 12 catches 150 yards two touchdowns like those are some things that he would do like how different is Allen Robinson in this game versus like AJ green in his prime with Andy Dalton throwing to him. I, you know? I think
1: what, what it comes down to is like, I don't have the sack to play Dalton, but the next best thing is just playing Allen Robinson to try to like kind of hedge that, that, um you know, revenge game narrative.
0: And you're saving the stack that I had. You're saving $3,000 off of the Dallas stack. Yeah. I and mean,
1: f- fading the Dallas stack is, is, is a
0: you don't point. even have to fade it too. Like you, you could still in this lineup, throw in Cooper as your yeah. other wide receiver. You know, or or throw in or something like that. You don't. You know, uh, it allows you to fit Keenan. It allows you to fit uh, Cooper, and I I guess that's why when I was building and I saw with Burrow, you make that Burrow stack. All of a sudden, you're you're way different of a construction from other um, teams. And uh, the thing with that Dallas game is, yes, it's over under fifty five, but if that game ends like. I don't know, twenty-one, seventeen. all of a sudden, if you don't have that stack, you're likely cashing, you're, you're probably doing a lot better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. And then for the sake of time, Lou, is there a wide receiver or maybe two, I'll give it to you if you're quick um, that we have not talked about that you have interest in.
0: I kind of like Antonio Brown. Uh He's the same price as Cooper cup and is going to be way less owned. Um, You like Brady a little bit earlier. I think agreed. Um, the way that Antonio Brown was used last week and the, the friendship that we hear him and Brady have formed. Um, I like Antonio Brown in that game. You can have him alone. You don't have to stack him with Brady, but six uh, K for Antonio Brown, who only a few years ago, Antonio Brown was highly easily considered the the best wide receiver in the game. So uh, to get the, a top tier wide receiver for six K like that really interests me.
1: All right, Lou, I'm going to ask you for five wide receivers here, five wide receivers that you are most interested in playing this week. Feel free to to take just a quick second, but um, you know, rattle them off for me, my man.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with cup, uh, cup CD. Chase. Chase. Yeah, Chase will be my third. Um, see, I don't want to take too many from that same game, but I, I think Keenan. I like Keenan a lot. And um, the fifth. And then uh, I think I'll say Beasley, actually. I
1: was about to say. I, was about to say, you're I think I, to I just now. I prefer
0: Beasley over Sanders, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't hate it. So Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Chase, Keenan, and Beasley. Shifting over to the tight end position, something where, you know, I think we made the, the right call in some ways in, in, in fading uh, pits last week uh, in favor. I mean, I think I played Croft, but I mean, he's still 2X this price. Anyways, um, looking at these prices of these tight ends, I mean, there's a couple things that, that stick out to me. I, I think, like, number one is going to be Tyler Higbee. You know, we saw him out there, 100% of the snaps, 23% target share. Uh, Stafford uh, was looking his way. 4100 is pretty damn cheap for a tight end who's 100% uh, in there 100% of the time. And, you know, saw even like the 20% target share. So Higby is a guy that I have had some interest in um, in terms of looking at this week. Um, and the other one was getting a more of an ancillary piece of the game that we were talking about. And that's going to be Jared Cook uh, at 3900 Um In the end of the day, it's like I look at Jared Cook, yeah, yes, he's aging, but like he's healthy now. Um, and you know, he was, he saw eight targets last week and there's probably going to be more passing going around. So Jared cook, um, and, um, Higby are, are two of those guys that I think, you know, for 4,100 for Higby and 3,900 for cook, pretty goddamn cheap. Um, and I like both those guys, your thoughts.
0: I like them. I think you can also throw in, uh, no Fant into that list. That same kind of range. He had eight targets as well last week. Um, I think Higby is going to be very shocky. It's, it kind of goes with what I was saying on cup where, um, people are going to be playing the other pieces of that, uh, chargers and Cowboys stack where maybe you go with cook because he's 3,900, you know, you go like Herbert cook with CD lamb or Cooper instead of going up to, um, okay keenan so uh that's where like when when i'm building lineups i kind of like to to play around with it that way where um instead of keenan you go cooper and then to get the exposure to uh, a herbert stack you go with cook so that's where i like playing cook um he's a tight end so it almost doesn't matter if he's aging or slow moving because at the end of the day like if he's the guy that's getting the, the touchdowns, then it doesn't really matter. Um, and then Higby is good. We've seen it in the past. Obviously, it was with a different quarterback, but um, we've seen games where Higby gets now. Mul- multiple touchdowns. Um, Stafford's his QB, who we already like. And the only issue I have with that game is I mean, they're on the road, but it's an indoor game. And so, you know, Stafford is. Probably more comfortable indoors as well. Um, so Higby Certainly. right now is the guy that I'm I'm most interested in, but I think it's because I just I think he's the most likely to have at least five targets. Cook might be more likely to get touchdown, but I think Higby's more likely to have that uh, high floor in targets.
1: Um. The, the the last the last so one player that if we're punting. So let's go to, let's go to punting before oh, we no, go anywhere.
0: not even talking about the, the upper end guys.
1: We can we can I guess but like this, this I, I, I mean I don't play I it,
0: plan to play them but
1: yeah um James O'Shaughnessy twenty seven hundred oh, okay um eighty one percent snap rate in, 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 in week one and a sixteen uh, percent target share. Um and I think it's fair to say that the Jaguars are gonna be passing. I think my, my my punt play of the week is going to be James O'Shaughnessy. Like we don't know, like people don't even know this, but like eighty one percent snap rate. Like we love to see that sixteen percent target share. Like that was pretty solid. They're going to be throwing again, so I we can go up to the top after this. But like my punt of the week uh, is going to be James O'Shaughnessy. If if we if you can't get up to you know Jared Cook at, at thirty nine hundred or, or Higby at forty one, I'm okay. You know, similar to what we did with Croft last week, going to Shaughnessy at twenty seven.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's fine. Um, not like there's I'm not necessarily to rushing to do it either. Um, the guy I was looking at, it, no, yeah. no, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, the the issue I have with that, um, it's in general. I don't want to play a punt tight end every week, you know. Um, and
1: they're fun I don't know. It's not the necessarily the best.
0: It yeah, but it, in this scenario. Here's the issue I have. It's Hit me with it. Chris Manhurts is there and got the touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is Manhurts going to be the guy close to the end zone? Um, this game isn't expected to be that high scoring. Like, I get it. I get the play. But it was last week just like flash and pan kind of idea. Could be. Um, Could be. Is a, a, the cheap guy I was looking at before was Tyler Conklin. Uh, way less sexy of a play. But seems like he's safe for six to eight points as like a floor um I okay. think I think it in my mind it, I think O'Shaughnessy is more likely to come out of this game with a zero than Conklin um okay. but I mean you're punting so like that you almost don't care if they get a zero um, for 2700 tight end because if it's allowing you to get better elsewhere then yep. it's worth it um what sure. do you think it's about fine kind of like the cook idea but um the the problem is which of these you choose schultz so you're talking jarwin. about schultz or
1: jarwin i'm not i can't do it man i i can't make the decision because uh, you've
0: always I, been a big jarwin fan
1: i have been but like i, I can't like pretend that the 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 numbers don't don't it's speak split. for themselves it's split yeah. and like we're talking about a split unlikely the fourth in pecking order and targets like i know there's a lot of targets but it's like if there's a split in like, you know, the tight end position to me is, like, the fourth back in order in that offense. It's like,
0: I, I, can't, I can't do it, man. No Gallup. So, do, do they become the third? Like, does Schultz <sighs> or Jarwin become that third option because there's no Gallup instead of Cedric Wilson? I mean, so Jarwin's,
1: they, uh, Jarwin's cheaper than Schultz. So, at 31, I could see it happening.
0: Yeah. It, it's just that's the idea in my head is Gallup is gone. um, And he's someone that in the past we've seen be a target. Um, around the end zone. So I, in a way, I'd almost rather punt that because you're going with the game that you likely have a quarterback from and we're expecting high scoring. So that kind of has some interest to me, but I don't know. I hate punting tight ends for that reason because, I mean, you're already throwing darts.
1: All right, and, and then I guess, you know, I got to bring it up. Darren Waller, 19 targets. Seventy six hundred, not not not, yeah, yeah I mean, like at seventy six hundred, though, like that's not an a, that's not too much of a price. But again, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you know, you're and I guess like the, tack that on there, like Kyle Pitts again. People love the peripherals of Kyle, Kyle Pitts, like oh, like you know the amount of routes run and like you know, things worked out well for Pitts on this and the box score, but like in terms of being. I've uh, seen the usage, I should say outside of the box score. People liked him and he's still only 5,200. And I, I expect there to be some eh, a ton of ownership his way, but people sh- will be going back to pits in my opinion. So real quick thoughts on Pitts thoughts on Waller.
0: I like Waller in general. Um, 7,600 is that it's, it's a very interesting price because it makes you think about playing him. If he was 7k, I think I'd have more interest. Um, Again, I don't have a ton of interest in Kittle, which is... I don't know. Kittle's... So he, he, the the volume's
1: not there. Like the volume's not there.
0: Only five targets. Uh, he had 78 yards. His thing is yak. Like, he, he's... Uh, as far as tight ends go, like, he could have five targets and still get 100 yards in games. It's just, like, how he is as a player. Versus Waller, if Waller gets nine targets instead of 19 in that game, We don't even see him at 7,600 this week. You know what I mean? So uh, Waller kind of needs the volumes. That's where it's a little scarier to play him. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that game environment, I could see that being a lower scoring game. And uh, it's for 7,600. I don't think I can get there, at least not this week. Uh, Kyle Pitts, definitely interesting to me. I think, obviously, he's the type of guy, um, last week, one of the highest owned players on the entire slate uh but highest owned tight end everyone just plugged and played and now we've seen the game of it people are going to have that kind of sour taste in their mouth now mm-hmm. he's 800 dollars more expensive he's a prime candidate for way less ownership but way better production in this game so mm-hmm. i like Pitts a lot in that sense um will i play him in cash probably not because i'll just I'll do the Higby thing that everyone else is doing, but um, I like Pitts in tournament lineups. I think, like you said, he fits the build to be able to have big games that Kittle or Waller could have, and he's cheaper than them.
1: All right, and then let, give me your give me your three tight ends of the week, and if one of your tight ends isn't a tight end we talked about, give me a little uh, spiel.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Pitts. Higby and then actually Fant as my third.
1: All right, man. Love it. All right. Let's, let's close things out here with the defense. Um, You know, I think that like the the glaring value for me at this point in time is going to be just the Steelers at 3k. Um, You know, they're playing the Raiders who looks good against the Ravens, but it's a little bit suspect. We know the Steelers defense is good. We watched what they did to the bills. So at 3k, I mean, they're pretty middling priced here. Um, you know, if I can fit the Steelers into my lineup, I absolutely am.
0: Yeah, I think they're good. Um, you don't like the Saints for 100 more against Darnold?
1: I would prefer the Steelers uh, straight up. Mm-hmm. over Because my issue
0: with playing defenses against Carr, and I might just have, like, an incorrect view on it, but I feel like Carr doesn't turn the ball over as much as we might think. Like he, he's more of a, a safety kind of quarterback. Um, obviously he had one of the worst interceptions you could have in a, a game where it's overtime uh, by the goal line. And that might be something that's in the back of people's heads as well. But um, I think that, yeah, those those are two where I'm probably going to have to decide between them. Um, which I go with, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, we see it every year with the Steelers and they generally have good defenses. They generally apply good pressure. Um, we see how often they can come up with touchdowns as that defense. So um, I don't hate to call it at all. I think um, I might, Go cheaper. I might go like way down to the Jets. What do you think of the Jets? Yes, uh, I'm in for the
1: Jets. I'm in for. The I think Jets, they're my man. cash. <laughs> like I'm I mean, not bought I, in. I'm not bought in on the Pats' offense. So like first I'm okay thing I
0: do when I look when I click defense is I just go to the bottom and start scrolling up until I see one that I might have interest I do, in.
1: I do the exact same thing,
0: dude. Jets are facing a rookie quarterback. They're like they're not the worst defense. That I mean. Yes, like they're not like a great team, but um, they're the type of bad team that has a defense that will apply pressure, and there's um, they're at home against a rookie 40, quarterback,
1: a forty-two and a half point over under, nice and low.
0: Yeah, so I I think that's probably where I'll end up going in cash, but yeah, if I have the money, I think Steelers Saints are probably better. The thing with the Saints that's different is um that game I think is more likely to be a shootout just because that's how saints games end up being Mm -hmm. saints in, in Panthers, um, division game, division game too. So, um, I, yeah, I think as I've been thinking about it, probably Steelers is where I would lean now, uh, between the two. So Steelers and jets, probably those are the two I'm looking at. I don't know. Do you have anything in between? Obviously like the Browns are, not going to be a bad play, uh, but they're thirty five hundred for defense.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, like, if I, I don't see it happening, but like, obviously, the Bucks first, the Falcons. Falcons looked anemic against the Eagles. We know the Bucks defense is good, so yeah. I mean, if I'm paying up, but like, paying up a defense is my last priority when when creating a lineup. So, not, not, mm-hmm. nothing there, man. Um, final thoughts on week two main slate.
0: Yeah, I think there's um there haven't been that many crazy injuries uh, this year, but uh, one we didn't really talk about was the Elijah Mitchell thing, which is kind of interesting to me because he was the hottest thing on the waiver wire this week. But now when it comes to like DFS where he's priced, he's not priced that high, but I don't really see too many people talking about him either. Um, What's your take on Elijah Mitchell? Like, is he someone that, we should be looking at more because he, everyone uh, I spent it was 225 out of $500 uh, dollars worth of fab and I didn't get him. So people are spending 50, 60% of or even up to a hundred percent of their waiver wire on him. But um, it doesn't seem like people are super gung ho to play him in a somewhat decent matchup, a game they're going to be, expected to lead um he's someone we didn't talk about that I meant to
1: um I mean I'm I'm definitely in the minority on this one like I don't know what's going on with Trey Sermon but I I love Trey Sermon I think he's a great running back I think the 49ers also did like I don't know what's going on in camp where they're benching you know I mean that's the thing is like I'm like oh
0: they like, see fuck. something right? yeah, they but, probably see like, something but they're
1: like oh fuck like Trey Sermon's inactive I'm like what the hell's going on but like Ayuk was also bench we know i is a great talent so like i don't know what kind of message that's that going shanahan on the, is trying room, to send yeah. to these guys like do they they have egos or something and he's like no nah, we don't need i mean i don't, I don't want to speculate too much but like it's a 49ers man they saw four running backs last year lead the, the team in running back snaps four running backs like it, it is shanahan we can't trust it um you know i wouldn't be surprised if if sermon led the team in in carries in in, or in fantasy points this week um you know i don't know if i i'd probably be surprised if it was hasty but it wouldn't be the most wild thing in the world if like hasty was out there getting a lot of work as well
0: um i mean even the just red zone
1: yeah i mean i i I believe in trey sermon um and i know there's a lot of cynicism rightly so uh, around trey sermon right now um but at the same time like i i think trey Sermon's a better back and i think that 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 um the cream will rise to the top in in that regard. And we know it's going to be as Shanahan does it. Um, you, you can't ever guess what's going to happen and you can't ever really know where that work's going to go. Um, you no, know, I, I think Elijah Mitchell is a fine running back, but at the same time, like I just don't trust the situation. He's just not a guy that I'm interested in. It wouldn't surprise me if, if sermon led the uh, the team in, in snaps or, or touches mm-hmm. in week two.
0: Yeah. Then I'll say that this is the type of week that is fun for tournaments. Last week was like, it's cash. Like everyone's playing basically the same lineup or two this week, since so many people are going to be focused on that one Dallas and um, LA game. The easiest thing you do is play less of that game or play something different in that game. And then all of a sudden your entire lineup is just built different. So um, it's very easy to make uh good tournament teams this week because you just change who your quarterback and, and receiver combo is. And mm-hmm. then um, you're just different from everyone else. that's trying to do the same exact thing with, as we mentioned before, there's going to be like six wide receivers that they're all choosing from and two quarterbacks. So if you choose a different quarterback with a different wide receiver and, you know, Robert Woods or something. All of a sudden, you have a completely different lineup. So, um, it's it's one of the more fun weeks to make tournament teams. I think I might end up to making more um, than I normally do, but um yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch this week for sure.
1: All right, that's going to do it for the uh, Daily Destroyer DFS show, uh, part of the Dynasty Warzone Network. Make sure you follow Lou at Lou Dog Sports on Twitter and myself at FF O. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. and If we win one today, that's two
0: in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.